This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Victory Drive, everybody. Hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend and got to go out with your friends, maybe have a few drinks, maybe... Maybe while you're out um, camping and grilling and having all sorts of fun, you, maybe you took your grizzly cooler out there. Because the grizzly cooler, let me tell you, pairs perfectly with a nice, warm Memorial Day weekend like we just had. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And let me tell you, I did have a, my grizzly out. And we had some, I put ice in it. Um, I think it was that Friday, and I just went down and grabbed a beer out of the cooler, and it still has ice in it. So what is that? What day is it today? It's fucking May 30th today. So that would be one, two, three, four, five days. Five days it's kept its ice, and it's been fucking hot. So uh, I think that's a great plug for Grizzly. It's been hotter than fuck, and still ice in the cooler. Now, let me go ahead and be honest here. It's majority of it has melted, but the, it's still very, very cold. It's still ice cold. Still got ice in it. And the beer still tastes great. So if you haven't heard about Grizzly Coolers, go ahead and get yourself one because it is the shit. American made, made in decor, Iowa. Great company, great brand. They are one of us, guys. They are outdoors people, uh, I mean, they just, they're great, great guys. Um, if you haven't listened to the podcast with, um, them on working class bow hunter, highly recommend listening to it. They go in depth on a lot of their, um, new, new and upcoming, uh, stuff like with new coolers and drinkware and stuff. And WCB also have their own, they have their own drinkware, their own grizzly drinkware with the little, uh, antler mic logo on it and everything. It's great. They make outstanding shit they're really putting a lot into us and really huge support from grizzly coolers and i couldn't think of enough they're great great people to work with 
And also, code WCB saves you 15%. Go ahead and check them out. And that rolls right into this episode, actually, that, I'm do- that I did with Nick Rosine. So Nick, he was my squad leader in Afghanistan. And I think I say I think I said it in the podcast a little bit, but he he has been a he, uh, major mentor in my life, especially at a younger age when I was first getting into the in the military and deployed to Afghanistan. He's he taught me a lot. He's just all American, barrel chested, fucking freedom fighters. What he is, and I couldn't have picked a better leader to be under during that time um him and i everyone listened to uh, the podcast i did with boor and he was another one just two huge influences in my life absolutely absolutely stand-up guys and still talk to those fuckers a lot not every day but quite a bit um and they're just great great dudes doing the lord's work out here um so go ahead and crack a beer go reach into your grizzly cooler Grab another beer and just tip them back with me and Nick Rosine. Hope you all enjoy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's Jake again. I just realized I didn't tell you guys shit about shit when it came to this episode. So we talked a lot about what Nick has been up to um, in his recent time here with uh, Holtz. Holt Kinetic Solutions, their gun manufacturing company around here, and uh, looks like they're doing some great shit. I haven't shot personally shot any of their guns, but uh, Nick, Nick swears by him. He's working with them hand in hand, and I know Nick knows his shit, so I trust him. Um, you guys want to check out Holt Kinetic Solutions? Uh, I believe that's their just them on Instagram too. Let me check that out for all y'all here. But uh, Nick Rosine. Uh, He's all he's on here. What the fuck is his deal? Nick Rosine. So he's Nicholas underscore Todd underscore Rosine. Uh, and Rosine is R-O-S-S-I-N. And you can follow him on the gram. He's a great follow. I mean, he's got one picture on there, so maybe he's not a great follow. But he's a great fucking guy. But you can also check out. Holt Kinetic Solutions, if you want to see. What the fuck, man? I keep getting messages on here when I'm trying to fucking look it up. Goodness gracious. It could help if I spelled Holt Kinetic. Holy shit, that took me a while to find. Sorry, I'm going to cut some of that out. But yeah, Holt Kinetic Solutions on Instagram. Also, if you want to follow them along, uh, you have Nick on there shooting some guns, doing some shit on there so they i mean there's the stuff they're making looks premium grade so you'll hear us talk about on the podcast here too this isn't um you know your entry level smith and wesson mp uh ar-15 not nothing bad about smith and wesson mps they're great ars as well but these are premium grade ars built right here in america like a lot of these guns are but they're Great, they look like great guns. So I highly recommend everyone just check them out and just look at them because they're very pretty, really pretty guns. Easy on the eyes. Go ahead and check them out. Holt Kinetic Solutions. Um, yeah, uh, there we go. I think that pretty much. Sounds, oh, and also on the docket here. While you're out here listening to podcasts, why don't you check out CC Hunt Files with Clint Casper? He's also out here. Uh, he's talking all Western shit. He's a Eastern man. 
hunting out west. Uh, what's not to love about that? You can listen to him screaming in your ears uh, weekly now. So check out CC Hunt Files. Great guy. Clint is the shit. Everyone knows him on here. So I'm not going to bore you to death with his little plug, but he's obviously a great guy. Love working with that guy and talking with him. He's, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Western game. Also, new show, Tackle and Tacos. Check out Jordan Johnson and the crew talking about tacos and fishing. If you guys are into fishing, check them out because they are, I don't know, you know what episode they're on, but they are not far along and they're doing an absolutely bang up job. So go ahead and check out Tackle and Tacos. And also everyone knows Working Class Bow Hunter and Working Class on Deercast. Uh, the mothership. What else does there say? Nothing. So without further ado, let's get on the episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Mwah. I've never taken a fist it, dude. <laughs> oh, God. That's my first time. <laughs> but as long as you're not, like, way back here, yeah, yeah. then you're good. Okay. You just, just keep it, you know, kind of just within your comfort zone. Just right when You're too here. close, man. Like, if I were to be where the microphone's at, we'd be kissing. Yeah. We, that's where you want it. <laughs> within kissing distance. Oh, I like it. That's all right. <laughs> That is Walmart coffee. I like it. Yep, it's not bad. Where are we going? Is this? Yeah, I'm just looking and checking like levels and shit. Make sure it looks good. Checkity check check what? Trying to get organized. Yeah, I just fucking kick the headphone cables down below my feet and just there fuck we go. It. it won't hurt nothing if you okay. get snagged up. This one's the big one. Don't want to. Well, fuck that short, one. So right. be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's our language use on here? Whatever. I'll try to not cuss. My... I swear all the time. Okay. I, I don't. Been, I've been working on that. Like for a certain reason. Uh Because it's fucking hard to do. <laughs> so you just want to. <laughs> you want to clean it up because it's just too... he, Well, just uh. Uh. To be mindful of your presence. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, it, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with cussing. That, no, you know, I but I think there's probably, I mean, we do it probably excessively. If, I mean, for sure at one point in time. At one point yeah. in time. I don't think it's that much now for no. sure. But it's just a, it's a mindful thing, I think, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with me and, and swearing is that, you know, having a 10-year-old daughter, I try not to swear that much. But as she gets older, I try to swear. I swear maybe a little bit more around her as she gets older, just so she kind of learns how yeah. to use it. She's going to grow up. So yeah. I just I don't want her to be that kid that um, just starts swearing. Like, <laughs> no, really. we, like oh, I just learned how to swear. I'm 23, and now I 
it, it sounds you, retarded. And you just use it all wrong. Yeah. And you're like, that's not yeah. the way that you. <laughs> so much I do. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, when it comes, I, so I, I kind of have a switch. Like I don't, I can just not swear. Sure. Or I can just talk normally. Sure. But I mean, if I'm passionate about talk, it, good luck. Dude. Yeah. No. You're no. Okay. But on this podcast, we, I, they're all marked explicit. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of how just, we roll. You know. Yep. Talk however you want. You don't want to swear, don't swear. If you want to swear, don't let it hold no, you back. I'm, you know, I'm be yourself. Be, I'm going to be me. Be you. I'm going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a peacock and let my feathers fly. He's got to fly. A peacock. You gotta let me fly. Sometimes, man. Oh yeah. God damn it. All right. All right. Nick Rosine. Yeah. So uh, you, me, we've known each other for a while. We have. Yeah. You were my squad leader in Afghanistan for a while towards mm-hmm. the last half. Yep. About. So um, I guess just let's go right into it and talk about your background, where you're from, what oh, you do, man. and okay, what you where to sleep. I mean, all uh, that stuff. childhood background. Uh, grew up in uh, Waterloo, Iowa. Um, had mom, dad. Have a younger sister. Um, you know, basically all all the family is uh, grew up in Waterloo. Both mom and dad side. Um, then now reside in uh, Cedar Rapids, so uh, a little bit farther south. And I've been there since like two thousand. Oh, shoot, eleven. 2011, yeah. 12, I want to say. You've been there for a while. Yeah. I mean, you, 2012 for sure. Yeah. You That's your place of residence, but I mean, you're kind of all over the place. Yeah, I've been kind of. You just ramble around. Sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been good. I, yeah. I like uh, I like the freedom to be able to go and do things and have experiences, but I, uh, I still very much like to have a home. Yeah. I mean, you it's know, nice to have a place to, to go back to Absolutely. and lay your head down, you know. And I, you know, nobody, I, I think very few people would say they don't, they don't enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, I love going around everywhere too. Yeah. I mean, just hunting trips it's and fun, other right? stuff. It's fun to get out and, mm-hmm. um, get away for, you know, a week or two at a time and everything else. But it is, I mean, you have to have home base, mm-hmm. right? I, I think so. Thing. Yeah. I feel like this kind of human nature is to have a home base, especially as I've gotten older, I've, I've yeah. started to, do, uh, appreciate that mm-hmm. and feel that a little bit more. Yep. Uh, yeah. Cause when you're younger, you can just kind of send it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll land somewhere. Yeah. Well, you, cause you, I mean, you live, you had a, do you still have that CrossFit gym? No, no, okay, because nope. you were living above that for a oh while, yeah, oh right? golly, for so fucking quite a while. Yeah, when I first started, uh, when we first opened the CrossFit gym in Cedar Rapids, um, I was I still had a, a girlfriend actually in, in Cedar Falls, so mm-hmm. I would end up having to travel back and forth, and uh, I just lived in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> basically, it, it was just in the little side office there. Yeah, and had a little futon, and uh, I did that for like I don't know. It was close to probably about a year. Yeah. So that was... Uh, you and the dude? It was Yeah, it was just 24-7. Just yeah. living in there. And it was <laughs> microwave meals or like I had this little grill out back. I'd, I'd grill some stuff every now and again. And mm-hmm. it was uh, it was pretty Spartan, man. <laughs> yeah. Because you started that gym yourself, right? You built it. Like, that was your gym, right? Or were you... I owned... You uh, owned... No, I didn't own it at that time. Okay. Um, we had some partners um, at CrossFit Kilo. Um opened it and then i was the one that managed it and ran it oh there you go yep, yep. gotcha but it was a 24 7 operation it was a mm-hmm. it was a tough job oh, i bet i mean 
rewarding. You're basically, yeah, you're basically living like a like an MMA fighter would. Kind of, you have your own gym. You're just like, fuck, dude. I'm yeah. scratching pennies, like rubbing pennies, trying it to make a like, dollar. And <laughs> I was the, the least in shape there. Like, oh yeah. Um, just I didn't realize, like, you know, because you do, you have to put so much into everything else other than you, right? Which is crazy because when we were in Afghanistan and stuff, you're always the most in shape guy. Yeah, yeah. So the, like you were the the I guess the pinnacle of male physique and fitness when we, when we were um out there in war together and we i know me and a lot of other guys always looked up to you as like man yeah if i, if I, mean, I could just be as like half as in shape as oh, row then I, i'd be okay i was just always afraid that uh um i wouldn't be in shape enough and that i you know other people would see that right. or i would fail at you know a task when i really needed it or you know there's just this under looming uh, i'm not in shape enough to when it's going to count right so well, you're a good leader like you're a great one of the probably definitely one of the best if not the best leader i've ever had when the entire time i was in the military well, I, I appreciate that yeah i mean you cared you cared a lot about your soldiers you cared a lot about um what we all thought of you too because you 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 held us all to a high a pretty high standard and if you didn't exceed that standard then I guess I'm talking for you. Yeah, guess, but, yeah. you know, it's like I felt like you always held us a high standard, and you always kept yourself above that standard. So yeah, I, you have to, you know, heavy is the crown mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, you you have to set the example, and you have to lead, and um, you have to be out front. Yeah, and if you're gonna call everyone else a fat pussy, then yeah, you you, you better, better not, not fucking be one. Be one man. <laughs> like, yeah, you just you, you got to wear the hat. Yep. Yeah, and. uh I guess I don't know. We can't jump around there. What else? So no, you're good. Um, so yeah, how long did you, Jim? Uh, yeah. Did that for a considerable amount of year, about ten years or so. Um, I took some breaks in there. Uh, went to school right around like 2015. Uh, went back to school full time. I was going to be a firefighter. Um, I thought that was going to be a good job, um, fun job, uh, worthy job, or you know, a rewarding job. Yep. And uh, had a OWI in there. Oh fuck! <laughs> you know, um, and didn't realize that uh, nobody's going to hire you, man. That disqualifies for you like much, huh? for like five plus years until oh, that shit. thing drops off your record, mm-hmm. which is like seven years. God dang! Like they they just they're not even going to take a look because right. it's an insurance thing, I, I believe. Oh okay. Um, because SR twenty two drive, I don't know, but uh, well, no, I mean that kind of makes sense. I mean, right? I was just like, God, damn, really? Sucks, dude. Yeah, it did. Fuck, uh, it, it, it honestly did. Were you like pretty fucking drunk, or is it one of those things where you're just no. over and you're like, God damn, it was seriously, the, guys? It was the next morning. Oh, jeez. Like I'm leaving. You know, I just yep. I didn't understand how it happened. I'm like, what is going on right now? The next morning. The next morning. Like, I was, like nine in the morning. I was going to mm-hmm. go eat some pancakes and go take my dog for a walk. It was a good day. You know? <laughs> fuck. But what the fuck? It is what it is. Yeah. No. I mean, there's a... Was it middle school? or I think it was a middle school principal here in Osage, I think. Got a OWI. Mm-hmm. And this is the same con- same thing. Like, it's the, yeah. ne- it the next morning thing. You blew, still blew over. And so it's like... Hey, <laughs> OWI, man. Yeah, I, I then, didn't drive that entire night. Like, we, we Uber, yeah. you know, I, I thought I was doing good, and nope. So, I was, uh... How do you even do that? You have to, So, 
I mean, I get it. Like if you're going out drinking and having a good time, you need to be cognizant. But I mean, if you feel fine the next morning, you're a little hungover, a little groggy, but how do you are know? you supposed to, yeah. How do you know? How do you know? Are you supposed to just buy a breathalyzer and fucking, I, I should talk to my wife. She's a fucking deputy now. Like what are we supposed to do here? All right. Listen, yeah. You're, I was, you're setting this all up for failure. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> But you know, it was, it was I was wrong. Yeah, and it just is that. But not really. I, was, I feel uh, like that's a technicality. I was pretty. I was pretty upset for a long time. Um, I was pretty bitter mm-hmm. about you know I I played a lot of the victim stuff like sure you know like I was Bullshit, upset. Bullshit. What was me? Yeah. I mean, that's something to be upset. It's understandable to be upset about, but it's one but of those also, things where you can't. Yeah, you can't let it fucking weigh you down. And, but. I did though, yeah. and that was the thing. And some like I didn't even realize it. For yeah, a bit. but you know, you had a goal. You wanted to become yeah. a fireman, and then that pretty much just squashed that dream. Then you're just like, "Fuck now, what do I do?" Exactly. Not go to school for that anymore because it's kind of pointless at this at this point. But but yeah, I, I feel knew, like everything happens for a reason. It did, you know. So then, whatever path that led you on after that, it did. It's fucking private. So yeah, um, I didn't really know what to do after that because I was like, "Well, I just." went to school for this thing that i can't do yeah um weird roundabout way the gym kind of presented itself again and i picked that back up um because all in all i truly i truly love the coach Mm -hmm. i truly do like it i love it i love watching people move like I, i love seeing how you can be more efficient I like seeing when you finally, you know, find the right way to explain something to an athlete and that light clicks on for them and their whole world just opens up. You're like, oh, you know, they're like, wow, I can do that. Or this is possible. Or, you know, they just finally believe in themselves enough to, you know, just do something physically that they might not have ever thought they were going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff is provided simply by, them believing enough in what you're doing in the gym, you're coaching them, you know, you're, you're instilling all of these things into these people. Cause there's a lot of people that walk in intimidated, mm-hmm. um, never done any of this stuff, you know, have not really had a coach. And then you're able to provide this essentially the best hour out of their day. Mm-hmm. And then to watch them really grow. I mean, yeah. That's, that's fucking awesome. It is fucking awesome. It's, I never, I've never really coached, a lot, like, I don't know. Uh, but when my wife was getting ready to, when we talked about her wanting to become a deputy, mm-hmm. and she's a reserve deputy, but uh, when we were talking about her wanting to become a deputy, I, at first I was like, fuck no. Like, yeah. You're, yeah. A, you're a small statured female. And I, at, I, the, at yeah. the time, I, I wouldn't. I know what's I, out there. Yeah. I've always been pro law enforcement, pro cop, and everything else, but it's yep. just one of those things where. I didn't want my wife doing that job for one, the safety aspect. And for two, it's like, man, I wouldn't say I'd looked at myself as quote unquote, like an outlaw, but at the same time, like if I'm doing something a little bit gray, I don't want her being like, "Better not do that. I'm a cop now. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> so, and yeah. this is one of those things like, I don't know, maybe I have a couple of drinks and I drive home. I don't, I'm not drunk, but at the same time, like, how's that look? You know? But after talking about it for a while, at first it was a hard no. And then she brought it up again. So she brought up a second time. And also she, I don't know, I took it as almost like an ingest thing that she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, then she brought up a second time. We t- actually seriously talked about it. And I said, I told her, I'm like, okay, if you're going to do this, this is a, this is a fucking real life adult 
job. Like yep. you're not gonna you're gonna take this seriously. And if you're gonna do that, then you haven't. I've seen you shoot, and it's not pretty. So you need we need to go spend some serious time on the range. Yes, and I'm gonna coach you or teach you everything I know. And you're just gonna have to take it. I know you don't like listening to me a whole lot because you know you're my wife and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, wives don't like to listen to their husbands a lot. When but it comes the, to stuff like that, sure, it's, it's, just, sure. it's just natural. Like, yeah. I get it. But this is objectively. Yes. You cannot shoot well. Right. And she knew that. Mm-hmm. And she asked for my help. And I told her, I'm like, well, if we do, if you do do this, then you're going, we're going to go to the range, spend some serious time on the range, and you're going to listen to what I say. And actually, and if I sense any sort of like pushback or like, oh, no, I want to do it this way, I'm like, I'm just going to leave. Mm-hmm. And good luck to you, kind Figure of thing. But. She did great. We went out the range and we, she did absolutely awesome. But it's one of those things too, like just in shooting training, like teaching her how to shoot and from where she was to where she's at now. And she's doing really like, she just fucking did rifle qual and mm-hmm. shotgun qual. She got like 90 something nice out of the, you know, for a score. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And seeing where she started and barely even being able to keep, keep groups on paper mm-hmm. to now being out there at a hundred yards and having, you know, really keeping no them all in the A zone. Yep. You know, if you know what the A zone is on a silhouette target, there's the center cut out. Um, but keeping them all pretty much in the A zone. Like, she's doing great. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Just seeing that progression is kind of the same way any any type of coaching, 100%. whether it's shooting training or CrossFit um, coaching or teaching Little League baseball. Mm-hmm. When you start seeing that light bulb click, like you're saying, it's it fun. Is, it's special. Yeah. It's awesome. It's neat. It makes you feel good as a coach, mm-hmm. it makes them feel good as a. You know, I don't know, an athlete or shooter just, or whatever it is. It's validation for everybody. Yeah. All around. You know, and, and that's okay to have, you know, like mm-hmm. you should be validated in what you're doing is is correct. Mm-hmm. Um and leading towards positive things. You yeah. know, like I think that's all it in the end, it it you're not necessarily you can't you can't do everything perfect. Right, like mm-hmm. can't coach perfect. I can't make all the right decisions perfect. I can't train perfectly all the time. But if my choices generally lead me daily in positive movement forward, yeah, then we're, we're doing pretty okay. Yep, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, no, nobody's perfect. No, nope. nobody's. But to see them finally get that effort because everybody wants that instant. Mm-hmm. And they get super frustrated if they can't snatch right away or they can't mm-hmm. start hitting A zones, you know, at, at 15 yards or 20 yards. You know, these those things are hard. Yeah. And you got to go through a little bit of something hard to to get there. Mm-hmm. I tried to tell my daughter that stuff now at a young age. Now she's, she's 10. And there's certain things that she wants to do uh, that she doesn't really want to do the work to get there. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to be mm-hmm. – she wants to be – musically inclined like she really wants she loves playing a recorder and stuff but she won't like touch a piano or do other things and i'm trying to kind of teach her like hey if you want to do something like nothing that's worth doing is really that easy like if you're wanting to go do something and do something great or you know you have to push yourself you have to actually dig deep and do the hard work Mm -hmm. to get there because if someone else does it for you and you just cross the finish line like you didn't even accomplish shit you didn't really do anything Mm -hmm. so it's kind of one of those, it's just, that's a tough thing to teach to people, but as they start getting better and if they keep sticking to it and going through the program or whatever program it is, whether it's, you know, physical fitness or shooting or anything, anything in life, and you start getting those small goals accomplished, then it's like, hell yeah. yeah. Then it gets a little bit yeah, easier. Because everybody, I think, for the most part, can picture in their mind's eye the, the end result of 
what we want, whatever mm-hmm. that may be, you know, raising your first place trophy or, or being the, seeing the finished product of what we want. Yeah. Um, and we tend to maybe hold on to that instead of having a goal or having that in our sights, but then you've got to like back out a little bit and like understand and see all the work in the middle mm-hmm. that's going to take you to that end point. Yeah. You can a hundred percent be that end point in your mind, but you can't just focus on just seeing that. Yeah. Like there is a lot of other little things in the middle that nobody tells you about, yep. you know, yep. And especially in the social media world, like yeah, you're seeing everything hundred percent shit on there. Whether, That's all you see is yeah. the, the end result, mm-hmm. the end result, the yeah. end result of, and it might not even be a real end result. It could just be a, yes. a, a state, you know, whatever. Yep. Fake. Yeah. Cause it is. Cause a lot of it is, <laughs> you know, yep. so they're, they're really good at that. I think, um, making you fantasize or hold the end result, but not really teach you that there's some shit that you got to do, mm-hmm. man. Well, and a lot of, in on social media and stuff, a lot of people are trying to sell something. Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, you want to be like me? I could show you how to be like mm-hmm. me, but you got to fucking buy, this, buy this could. product you or might, give me this but money. Yeah. In the end of the day, you still got to do the work. Right. But that's the thing is no one wants to give that type of information. No, I shouldn't say no way. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people don't want to get that information out for free. Nah. And then when people kind of do pay in or buy into c- certain things and then, you, then they start realizing, Oh shit, there's a lot of work that goes into this. Yep. I don't know if I want to do that. Yep. So yep. there's a lot of, uh, oh, I thought this was just going to like make me money. Yeah. I want the magic pill, dude. Yeah. Like, where's the easy button. I want to hit that and be jacked mm-hmm. and snatch fucking, 300 pounds no dude that's like know. 10 years yeah <laughs> dude, i'm just getting back into working out again i, I took yeah. a long time off yeah uh from the gym and stuff and man like working in the winter runs just didn't have the i guess the time or the drive sure. to make the time sure and uh now that i work in omu um here in town my commute is like nothing mm-hmm. and i have plenty of time in the morning to go bang it out yeah and i've been doing that most mornings and man it's fucking it's awesome. It's good. Yeah, it's right? great. And I, it sucks because I'm just getting, I'm getting to the point now where I lost, I just basically got all my, my easy gains. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you first start working, mm-hmm. you take a long time off, then you mm-hmm. hit the gym, you're like, oh man, I'm super sore. And then you go back the next week and you're putting 25 pounds on a, a week on the squat rack. You're like, fuck, dude, I'm so, I'm going to be, I'm going to be hitting fucking 405 in no time. And then it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind. My core still needs some work. Oh, now like, I'm old. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 32. I'm like, fuck. Dude, it's just not quite recovering as fast oh, no, as they used to. You're only 32. Oh no, you got yeah. plenty in the tank. Oh, I got. That's why I wanted to get back plenty. into it. Because when I turned 30, I'm like, fuck, dude, I gotta make my 30s the oh, best no, decade no. I can. And no, it's great. It's been going good so far. I'm really struggling not to get on steroids, but I won't. Not for a while now. You know? No, I think you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you should. No, I don't think so. I think you could. You could totally wait a while and yeah, just. I mean. I would I would 100% probably get tested. Yeah. Get your levels tested to see, but I think there's some other things that you can do that is not going to include mm-hmm. some exogenous like tests or something like that or a TRT. I think you, you might be able to bring those things back up naturally and mm-hmm. um and just wait on that punching that ticket yet. Does that kind of make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah, cuz uh it's man um, I don't want to, as that's kind of a joke, but at the same oh, time, yeah. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely not opposed to it, but it, like you said, you got to wait for that right time. Cause once you start, 
It's like Pringles. You can't just stop. It's harder, you know? I think, for, I mean. It kind of fucks your hormones up it a little does. bit you gotta, when you start and stop you like that. You got to do it smart. Yeah, you got to do it smart. And I would like to do it under, like, a doctor's discretion. You know, like, if I go mm-hmm. and get tested and they're like, your T-levels are fine, then I'm good. Then you're good. But if they say, oh, yeah, your T-levels are pretty low and we could definitely help you out with some TRT it's or something like that. all how they interpret. Not, yeah, right. The, the data. Yeah. I should get tested, honestly, now, just so I know my baseline right now. And then as I get older, then I could use that as a baseline. Oh, yeah, well, it might be technically fine. Mm-hmm. If Say I have whatever T levels. Say they're pretty high. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, looking good kind of thing. And then I go in there a little bit, like, when I'm 45, they're like, oh, no, you're still good. I'm like, well, no, I've dropped a lot since, you know, my 30s right. kind of thing. Like, that was my baseline. Like, I'd like to keep it at that yep. baseline yep. kind of deal. But Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean. No, I I don't want to do it now. I'm in my I'm in my early 30s. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm just kid. hitting my prime with you're life kid. and physical. And I'm not trying to get like super jacked. fucking jacked. I'm not going to be a bodybuilder or a power lifter. I just want to be healthy. Fit. I want to be healthy, fit, and be able to do the things I love to do, like hunting, shooting, doing all that stuff. I want to be mm-hmm. able to do that stuff until I'm older and fuck. Mm-hmm. And then I want to die. When I can't do that stuff anymore, then it's like, yeah. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. But I wouldn't mind if that was like, you know, 78 or 80. That's cool. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. To be eight years old and still doing what I love to do. But I just don't want to be, I don't want to be 65 and be like, I'm decrepit. I'm I can't do broke. shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, unfortunately, I know some people that once they hit, you know, in their late 50s and their 60s, there's like, oh, I can't do shit anymore. No I'm too old. I'm no. like, dude, you're not fucking that old. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Then they're alive. They're still alive for another two decades, but they're just terrible. sucking, just Doing sucking. Nothing. Yep, just sucking at life sitting. and sitting, sedentary. I can't do shit. Just waiting for waiting for my time to come, kind of thing. It's like I don't want to wait for my. I don't want to sit there and wait for my time to come. Then I'll get all depressed and be like, "What happens after I'm dead? Like, what's going to happen next? Like, is there an afterlife?" And then it's oh, homeless cameras. I've done that already in my twenties. You know, been through that, been down that road. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on after this? You know, <laughs> you know, it's not fun to think about a lot if you don't have some sort of I at least some faith in what's going to happen whether oh, it's no. religion or whatever else that'll just have some down. sort of faith it's a uh, doomy existence it's doomy, dude. if you don't um if you can't put your your eggs in a basket somewhere yeah and have faith that that basket will keep them safe mm-hmm. well so, and, you know especially after Afghanistan like I went through like a long period of that's why I went back to duty because I'm like I just need to keep going and yep. doing stuff and yep. living this life for at least a while longer. Um, I know active duty guys sometimes join the guard to wean themselves off of the army. But mm-hmm. I like, I went the opposite. I went active duty so I could wean myself off the army. I just needed to keep doing it and see yeah. what I could accomplish because I wasn't ready to quit then. I think that's uh in doing the shit that we did. I'm just like, fuck dude, like what's going to happen after I'm dead? I don't want to think about it. So just stay busy. That's a big thing. I think where they fail, where dudes get in trouble yeah when they're coming back home because all of a sudden the record just stops yep and it's like no this motor is fucking running dude i need to keep doing something Mm -hmm. along this line yep you know to to naturally it's just like the it's like the runaway fucking off ramps for semis in like Colorado, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> bitch, I ain't got no brakes. This bit like this bitch is going, uh, man. I, oh, I do here, you know. So it's a fucking it good is. Analogy, it, dude. It like is. you're just running, and all of a sudden you're like, nope, you gotta calm down. Yep. Stop. 
Stop doing what you're doing. Get in line. Dress yep. nice. Shut up. Like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Instead of sending dudes to, you know, schools or or giving them some sort of, I don't know. So when I... Another mission, essentially. That's the... I've, I've preached you know, for, that. For better lack of term, yeah. words, they need another mission, mm-hmm. like, right the fuck now. I've preached that so many times on this podcast or in person talking with other people. I feel like that's why the suicide rate... It, amongst veterans is so high what to do what the we fuck are we supposed to do? do like when i got out got out of active duty they had this nice little uh program it took like a year mm-hmm. all periodically like off and on a year uh what the fuck was it called acap i forgot what it's called it's like army something transit is a transitioning program yep not you know male to female but you know yep. army transition to civilian and it was good. They gave, gave us some pointers, but at the same time, it's not, they didn't No, it is. It, they could do the shit. government can only do Band-Aid. what the government can do. Yeah. It's a band aid. It's like if giving that. you some false hope. It's like, yeah, go back to college and do these things or yeah, you can go do this or go do that. The only good thing that came of it is I did get hooked up with the uh, wind turbines mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. So I went to Airstreams renewables course and learned how to climb and fix, um, do some very basic electrical shit and hydraulic shit. And learn how to use some of the tools. And then they actually got me a job in wind after I got out. So right when I got out of the army, I was still on terminal leave and I mm-hmm. went straight to work. Cause same kind of thing. I'm like, I gotta, I can't take a break because I've seen what happens to some guys when they get out and they're like, Hey, I deserve a break, which mm-hmm. you do to an extent. Mm-hmm. But I considered it a break to just go work, uh, a civilian job that paid decent, you know? And just keep working and keep grinding at that. And that was like, my, I didn't take a break per se because I knew what was going to happen. I've seen it where people just get lazy yep. and slothy. We get in a little hole. And then they, well, and then they look back on their past and like, I lived my best life when I was in the army, you know, mm-hmm. when I was in the military, that was the best version of myself. And I didn't want that. Like I wanted. That's a hundred percent truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I found that correlation, like in my mind a lot it's like Mm -hmm. that was the the best version of me the the best values the best virtues like the best way that i carried myself the most discipline i had like all of these things for whatever reason the army gives you yeah and it's so weird that when you you don't even because all of those things are already in you Mm -hmm. you have them because you're the one exhibiting them Mm -hmm. so you know what they are you can do them but now all of a sudden this little thing is gone and it's like, you don't even know how to be. Yeah. It's so fucking weird, right? It's frustrating. And it's, it is it's weird. like, who am I now? Like, no, you're the same thing mm-hmm. that you were, but you just don't know. Like this world doesn't necessarily allow you to be that person no. in your daily job. Like it's harder. Right. And you know, I mean, be in the army. Yeah. Like you're right. It does bring being the military brings out it it has to in order to do the shit that you do and i don't know about it anymore a lot of shit's changed like when i was when we were together mm-hmm. to when it was when i got out mm-hmm. it's fucking completely different night and day it's night and day dude it's almost unrecognizable <laughs> it's insane but the good stuff about the military is yeah it does inherently bring out the best in you because you have to in order to succeed at certain tasks especially yes. if you're an infantryman Especially if you're in a specialized 
unit, like a scout a reconnaissance platoon mm-hmm. or SF mm-hmm. or Ranger or whatever. If you're in a somewhat specialized group within the military, you do have to be the best you can, you do you can be. I guess yeah. you know because well. if you don't, then you're gonna fail and you're gonna let a bunch of guys down. You're gonna mm-hmm. it's not gonna be pretty. It just so, doesn't work. Then when you get out in the civilian world, it's fucking different. It's completely different. Because you expect that same yeah. type from others, and mm-hmm. it's just not there. No, it's not there. And then, you you know, personally for me, you know, I, I've been out for a bit, and uh, this this place is easy. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to all of a sudden hold those standards. Exactly. you can get away with being less. Yeah. And that's what David Goggins says. That's his whole you shtick is that less. he's like... He's like, you know, stay hard, motherfucker, you know, and it's true. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. especially if you've been hard before and you get out into a soft world and you just let your, allow yourself to kind of be soft. Because when you're looking around, you have to meld into society. That's what they all, that's what they tell you when you're getting out too. Mm-hmm. Like you have to reintegrate into society away from the military, right? And like, yes, you do, but I feel like I'm going backwards, but yeah, but I don't want to shut all this off <laughs> no. just to reintegrate. Like yeah. I could give a fuck less if I reintegrate with, I don't want to be soft. And you look around everyone is soft. Like, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are soft, whether it's mentally soft, physically t- soft, or just lack of drive. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, especially in this area, dude, I fucking love living in this area of the country because mm-hmm. it's nice and quiet, good morals, good values. But it seems, I look around and um, people are just have that mindset where it's like, hey, get a good job, stay there forever, no matter what. Like, just stay there because loyalty mm-hmm. and working your way up and all this stuff and small town American dreams. And I don't want to do that. It's like that's not who I am. Right. I don't want to. I need something to look forward to. I need to stay driven and goal oriented. And my goal isn't to just be get a good job in small town hunker Iowa down. and hunker down. Yeah, that's yeah. not me. I don't want to do that because I feel like that's it's not death. Yeah, that's not bringing the best of the best Jacob Johnson out. And I want to keep doing that. Like the army was a chapter in my life mm-hmm. that I look back on and I'm like, okay, did that, cool. And the next chapter, I want I want to keep making cool chapters of my life story. I guess I don't want to just stop at the army. And then be like, that was it. That was it. Uh, that was the best I can do. You know? Yep. I don't want that. And, and I know a lot of guys don't want that. That's a, But it's an easy trap. It is an easy trap. Super easy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the suicide rate is so high. Because you get out and you reintegrate and you shut a lot of things off. But we don't. Not no. really. Well, maybe on the outside. Yeah. You know? But that's why. Because you're putting on a... Yeah, a lot of guys on, are putting on a facade, putting on the suit, like you said. I put on a man suit and I'll go do my 8 to 5 or whatever yep. it is somewhere. But deep, deep down inside, in the Ugh. back of their mind, they're like, dude, this ain't me. This ain't Fuck, the... Dude. I know who I am. I was that guy in Afghanistan doing fucking crazy shit. Yeah. Climbing mountains and fucking chasing dudes down. Yeah, they're trying to kill you. at people, dude. Yeah. Now I'm doing what? Fucking pushing pencils? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Building... Even if it's That's something hard. like building houses, like whatever. It just doesn't have that same... No. I guess... Uh, what am I trying to say? That same sense of a little zap yeah you're missing a lot Mm -hmm. and i think that's why with me with hunting and stuff i just got right into it hunting as well because that just really helped me keep stay goal oriented because there's no becoming the best hunter you can kill a lot of shit and do a lot of cool shit but you're not no one's there's no really no pinnacle so it's a constant goal you know i got you 
So like even okay, so if I was to become a UFC fighter, your goal is to become the champion. Yep. And then what's the goal after that? To stay the champion. But then you see a lot of champions, they start losing that fire because they're like, well, this is, this is the best. I'm the best I now. I made it. I made it. I'm here. Yep. But in hunting, there is no best. Like, you can go out and shoot a fucking world-class animal and be like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't make it the best. You're still learning. Mm-hmm. You're, and every animal is different. And it's just a, it's a constant goal set. And it keeps you – keeps for That's me, it keeps that drive. You know, That's interesting. So yeah, it's, it, shooting wise and stuff, I could go out and shoot competitively and do those things. And maybe I become a, you know, USPSA world champion and it's like, cool, made it. But then what? Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's interesting. Cause I love doing those things cause I enjoy just doing that, but I've never really truly cared that much about it mm-hmm. to ever want to be like a grand champion or right. grandmaster or something. Like, I just like doing it. Yeah. It, it frustrates me that I don't do better each time, but that's also why I just go out and practice and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Cause realistically, if you do that, you will get better. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to be the best, like I've never, man. Yeah. I've never been the best at anything. No. And I don't, I mean, I've never, I yeah, I've never I, become an expert. I've always gotten pretty good at things and then moved on to yeah, become pretty good at something I, else. I've, you always, know? I've thought about that about myself, you know, cause it, is that a bad thing? I don't know. In a person? Like, cause I'm able to do a lot of things pretty okay. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, n- I've never mastered, like, one thing. Right. You know, or, or just taken one aspect or one thing to, like, the extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I, I sit and diagnose myself, like, is that because, of, you know, I can't do it? Am I afraid to... to mm-hmm just dive in the discipline or, or, you know, like, is that a flaw on me or do I just like doing a whole bunch of shit? I do. You know? I, I sit down and talk to myself in my head every day yeah, and every night. And I think back and I'm just like, should I be the best at something? Yeah. Like, is that, should that can be a goal? I, can mind? I, like, can do, I do that? Yeah. Is that it's just something? Simply, I think that's what it is mm-hmm. for me anyways. Can I? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but it's the same kind of thing where I do. Yeah. I like to do a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. And I guess the way I also look at life in general, especially after getting out of the military and trying to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. I still don't know what the fuck I want to do when I grow up, you know, but (laughs) the way I also kind of look at that stuff is, uh, if your life is a toolbox, do you want to have one or two like really nice fucking snap on tools or do you want to have a full tool chest and maybe there's some Harbor Freight shit thrown in there, mm-hmm. you know? No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And I don't know. I guess I'd rather keep filling up the old toolbox with other with other things I'm interested in and uh, want to get decent at, I you get know? trapped into then judging or having expectations and completely not meeting them because they're so far out of, you know, I hey, I didn't shoot perfect. Well, maybe because you haven't practiced as much. Yeah. You know, yep. but that's also a choice because you like to do other things. So you can't like, I can't get mad at myself and beat myself up mm-hmm. because I didn't shoot as well as I thought because I'm not practicing. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's a, for me, it can get this dumbass little circle of just negative. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not very good. It's like, well, yeah, just you are, yeah. but you're just not as good as you think you should. Right. But you also haven't been practicing. So mm-hmm. take what this is, learn from it, and either keep doing what you're doing or spend the time and get 
to that expert level. Right. And yeah, like, I don't know. I don't ever think I'll, I, I'm going to go shoot some USPSA matches. I'm going to go shoot some other like NRL hunter. Have you ever heard of that yep. competition? Yep. So I think I'm going to go yep. shoot that uh, a little bit every once in a while. But yeah, I, I guess in my mind, I don't ever have the goal. I guess, I don't know. That could change. What, if, could, I, what yeah. if I go to a USPSA competition and I shoot, uh, say I fucking, I'm just like, this is it. This I, is what I need to do. I got a buddy. Um, but I have to at least try it as well. <laughs> yes. At. I have to at least try it and yes. see what's like. I agree. Um, I got a buddy, Mike. He's in San Diego. Uh, I've done tactical games with him a few times. That's actually where I met Mike, Greg, and Dom, good friends of mine that done tactical games mm-hmm. years back. And uh, he shoots USPSA and, like, he dove in. Oh, really? Yeah. And to watch his growth, though, like, exponentially, this dude can shoot. Yeah. So much better. And it, so it's been really neat to see him be able to, to singularly like just dive into that mm-hmm. and just go. What's well, amazing when, and I love talking to those guys and like having this podcast and talking about guns and shooting and all that good stuff. I do get a little bit of, uh, what the fuck is that called? When I, I don't know, uh, imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where I'm like, should I even be talking on a podcast about fucking guns and shooting and stuff when I'm not like great? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, I get the same thing. I also think it's a benefit to be pretty good at long range shooting, pretty good at shooting fast with a handgun, pretty good at shooting different types. Cause then I can talk to guys that are the best Mm -hmm. and be able to hold a conversation Mm -hmm. and fucking talk with them about things. But it is interesting when you do talk to the people that are the best at things, especially when it comes to shooting and I think I feel like I shoot an above average amount. Yep. But then yep. you talk to the people that are the best, bro. Insane. <laughs> a lot. Like I was talking to my buddy Landon. He does PRS shit a lot. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I'm t- just and he's not. And he's good. He's a really good shot. Yeah. But he's not like uh, expert, I guess, level. Like he's not winning the national championships. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't go and shoot that many championships or like uh, competitions. Like mm-hmm. that. he doesn't travel the whole country. He shoots whatever's. Within driving Local, distance, yeah, sure. And he does good, but when you talk to the, I mean, he's talking to the guys that are winning a lot and are arguably the best. It's their life, dude. They're going through like three, four barrels a year yeah. on their guns. That's their life. Shooting that That's much, all That's they do, thousands and thousands of rounds. Mm-hmm. Everything they do is structured around that. Yeah, it's insane. And even a handgun shooting, actually, especially handgun shooting, like they're shooting. You're in a year. I don't know, fucking, fifty thousand rounds. Yeah. At least. It's insane. It's a lot of shooting. Um, if you want to do some USB-SA, I would do that with you. Would you? Hell yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Jordan wants to do it, too. Really okay. bad. They, uh, I know they do it down in, like, what, Waterloo? Mr. Yep. Guns? Yeah. Uh, so Jordan just started cutting hair in Cedar Falls. Yep. At the sh- at, it's a place called The Shop, and it's a fucking badass barber shop. Yeah, it's fucking super sweet. Nice. Yeah. But uh, he was... So being there, he's like, yeah, we should go shoot this. I okay. think is that Mr. Gunn or something. Yeah. Or he's putting it on or whatnot. Yeah, but I'll go. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. I'm in. We'll do it. We'll do it this year and we'll, it'll be fun. We, uh, shooting handguns is fun because, I mean, nine mils, pretty fucking cheap. It's cheap. I want to get into long range shooting, but you're talking every time you pull the trigger, what, three, four bucks? I don't know. It depends. Like if you shoot 308, it's still pretty cheap. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about like if you're, competing you're saying a 308 won't compete no i'm saying it no yeah (laughs) not as not when it comes to that high of level like who is shooting a fucking 308 and winning matt winning prs but they're not 
No, but I would 100% take a three away. Oh, yeah. I'm not. Okay. I'm, you can be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's a it's a great round. I'm That's, not I'm not, so not poo pooing on the three away by any way. means either. We shot him a lot in Afghanistan. I would buy. I would run. Uh, I've been looking at this because I actually wanted a. I've actually went down to Sure Shot and did a couple PRS matches with like my fourteen and a half inch knights, <laughs> like this gas gun shooting this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got like this one by six on there, right? Oh my god! Oh, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> um. And they, they touted it as like 500 yards and in, like a beginner's match, right? Yep. I'm like, okay, that's doable, right? It's doable. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do real great, but, you know, I'll be all right. Yeah, it was not 500 yards and in. It was like, <laughs> was like six, seven, eight, and uh, which makes it even worse that they're shooting at really small targets. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, eight-inch dingers, like 10 inches. God and I'm dang. like, oh, man. Like, if I had a full size or even a C-zone or something mm-hmm. like that, like, my chances increase. But, like, I'm trying to throw these little 77 grains down at, like, <laughs> 600 yards. I can't see splash. I can't see anything. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Man. What am I doing <laughs> What am I doing here? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? So, I have no problem... Uh, going out a little three away. No, I. I mean, I. I wouldn't have a problem with you. And if, if that's what I really wanted to do, that's all I have. Then I'm not going to let that hold me back. No. You know. Why? What do you want to shoot? What do I want to shoot? Yeah. What caliber? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, I mean, if I were to do PRS and like di- and like dive into it, I would probably shoot like a 6mm treat or 6 PR or POC. probably like a 6mm would probably be what I'd shoot probably the six millimeter tree just because that thing is fast as fuck and it's little and it that's this is out there dude you're talking like a pretty small margin of error yeah like you have to be i feel like you'd have to be if you have a really if you have a quality gun and you're shooting you know quality loads and stuff you probably have to be you have to be a pretty bad shot in order to miss with the <laughs> six millimeter creed out to like you know five six yeah even 700 yards probably it's like inherently accurate. It's fast as fuck. I was gonna um, actually try uh, Arrows, Arrow Precision's new uh, their bolt chassis guns. Oh, I don't think I've seen Solus. Them. I think they're called the Solus. They've got uh, one built in six five Creed and then a mm-hmm. three hundred eight. Nice. So you can get into a pretty decent like PRS built style mm-hmm. bolt gun. So it's a chassis you can run Arca Rail. Yeah, all this stuff, right? All the cool, cool guy shit. Um, under two grand, Mm -hmm. so you can get into a pretty nice heavy chassis gun, um, good quality components on it, get a good scope on it, and you could get into competing relatively cheap. Yeah, you know, because what uh, I think they even got like a a hunter style stock Mm -hmm. uh, for like sixteen something carbon fucking chassis or something. Um, it's just like a, it's a, I think so. I don't know what it, I can't remember what it's okay. called. Some sort of composite. Yeah. And that's the thing with the shooting community is it seems, at least from what I've seen, it, no one 
gives a fuck like what you're shooting as long as you're out there shooting they're like hell yeah, yeah nobody, brother nobody cares. what do you do you need some help with anything yeah like, they were they up? were honestly all those guys were when i went out and shot a couple of times they were super helpful mm-hmm. um you know they obviously understood what i was trying to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah they're super helpful and it's fun oh yeah it's a low round count 80 rounds you know you're, you're out of there in a day mm-hmm. um you learn a lot um you get to shoot in wind, which is, you know, that's the biggest thing is like, if you can learn how to shoot or learn how to read wind and, and shoot in wind, that's huge. Dude. That's everything. That's so big. You get, you know, zero wind. I mean, punching 600, you know, with any type of, you know, bigger round is, mm-hmm. is not that, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You need to spend a little time behind the gun and get used to yeah, it and then sure. you're good. And, but, you know, but it's really not, that's a very, very feasible distance mm-hmm. to get solid on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why a lot of those um, matches start at like 400 yards and go out to 12, 13, 1400 yards. It's like, fuck. This shit's fun. It is fun. It's real fun. Even when we, we when we used to go to the sniper range and just bang steel, mm-hmm. and just watch it, like watching the fucking vapor trail drop yeah, in. Trace is awesome. And ding. You're like, oh, nice. Actually, it's more, you know, it's pretty quiet out that far, but still. I took that's awesome. uh, a DDM course. Uh, last october out in colorado and um went to this uh range out there i can't remember the name i'll uh, talk to some fellas and find out but they had a long range Mm -hmm. course i mean steel i mean it just it littered it littered the background um this was in colorado so out west where was it um you get a little closer to your mic there you go sorry it's okay (laughs) They don't want to be disruptive. Yeah, no. Out there, like, yeah, get close to your mic. Get over there. Fuck. Um, God, where were no. we? Western Colorado? Yeah, I was in Western okay. Colorado. I was just in Colorado Springs. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, I'll maybe have to look it up. Anyways, it's mm-hmm. um, high desert stuff. I was just going to say, is it out in the oh, yeah. and shit? High desert. Nice. Super high desert. But they had targets like 18, 19, just littered in the back. It was the craziest range I've ever seen. It was like world class range. Yeah, world class. Were you like running around out in the mountains and shit? No, was, so or we, is it all we, pre. Yep, we had a, a flat shooting bay to shoot from. Okay, and then I mean, it was just I don't know, like 160 degrees, mm-hmm. something worth of just targets. Jeez, and you could just scan right. So you had a range card, had everything was measured, um, predetermined. Uh, distances so mm-hmm. we still ranged right just to confirm right um and we just like just shot targets all day just confirmed dope but it was the neatest fucking uh range that i've ever seen in mm-hmm. my life steel i don't know there's there had to be at least 100 pieces of steel out there jeez and that's dude when you're going out and doing those courses like that there's i mean for one just putting the rounds on range is yep. gonna help you yeah but when you can put high quality rounds on range. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying like what it's actually made out of, but I mean like instead of just going out there and just sending lead down range, yeah. no. if you have someone that is highly knowledgeable and they're like coaching you and teaching you, you get you're getting exponential of ex- amounts of yep. experience, a lot of experience from that. It's awesome to do. I've, I've never actually done any of those courses, but I really want to it's just, they're fucking cashy sometimes. They're, yeah. Luckily, I mean, to take a civilian true DDM course, because this was a three-week, like a three-week course. Yeah. Um, the fine one that's like a civilian-driven one where, you know, it's just open enrollment, things like like It's hard. 
Yeah. It, there's just not a lot out there. There's not. And uh, the ones that are out there, they know what they got, and mm-hmm. they're a bit cashy. And then mm-hmm. you got to get the time off from work and whatnot to go do it. But if that's what you're into, and that's what your, your goals are, then... Yeah, you make it work. You make it work, for sure. But no, I, I, that, I guess what I was getting at with that whole thing before yeah, is that shooting nine mil is cheap dude it is that's why i like it because yeah. i'm not fucking rich dude no so nine mil is cool because it's cheap 22 is cool 22 is cool it's 22 is the shit it is honestly it's like a lot of people i don't know i don't know if anyone actually poo-poos on it but it's dude that's like one of the best rounds ever it shoots dirty but it's fun it's cheap and it's cheap as hell you it, buy, a, it, it, buy a box of 500 for it'll like, kill things yeah i bought it just kill shit out of things. oh yeah i killed a lot of shit with my 22 What's wrong with that? All sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. I just bought my daughter a little single shot, 20, bolt action, Savage 22. Oh, yeah. It's badass. Because think about it. Like, I've got a significant other scenario, right? Like, shit's going down. We've got to fucking go. Got to go and get your shit, right? Let's go. She's not as trained. She's mm-hmm. capable. You know, she's willing. Mm-hmm. But she's just not as trained, Right. What am I, what's going to better be suited? I, I hand her this fucking AR-15 that she's not really sure how everything works in this. You know, it's just too complicated, big. Or I can hand her a, a twenty-two rifle. Yeah. Loaded. Here's some mags. Mm-hmm. Super simple. Run the bolt. Manageable. That's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she can shoot that. Oh, yeah. And that'll hurt people. Oh, yeah. Like, that's better in my mind sometimes than having somebody be unsure of what they're holding. Right. And be timid. Like, oh, I don't What's know. What's an old saying? There's an old saying, something like that. Like, uh, maybe I'm going to butcher it, but it's going to be, it's kind of like, beware of the man that only has one gun, mm-hmm. basically. Something mm-hmm. like that. Where oh, yeah. you have one, you have one or two guns that you're really, 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 you're really good, good with. It doesn't matter. Bl- like ballistics and stuff. That's all fun to talk about. And it's cool to, oh yeah, the seven millimeter PRC. That's a fucking, you know, 1200 yard shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an awesome fucking gun. It's great. Who are you going to shoot shit. at 1,200? Yeah, right. It's a great gun. It's awesome. But I would definitely take the guy that has a fucking old crusty 30-06 that he's shot since he was you he know, 15 years old, and he mm. knows everything about that gun. He's put a lot of rounds through that gun. He knows everything about it. And he knows everywhere in the land where he can shoot you. Yes. Yes, that person's way more dangerous than someone that lives in town and has a fucking, you know, 10,000, yeah, safe full of guns and, you know, a $10,000 fucking whatever custom build 7 PRC that he only shoots once or twice a month, you know, yeah. but yeah, anyways, um, switching, switching subjects here a little bit. Uh, so since we've been out, you used just started working a new job. Like, so you're done training across? Like, yeah, so I, I don't own, I don't operate um, the gym, uh, CrossFit gym anymore. Uh, I still obviously go there. I'm still part of the community. Um, uh, you know, I still help out with some coaching aspects. Like I do some, uh, you know, Olympic weightlifting seminars and some things oh, okay. like that. So I'm still part of it. Um, I just don't have to give it all of my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some other really good people in there that are, are, are making it run and, and keeping it going, which is a great thing. Doing like the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. So the day-to-day mm-hmm. stuff, but yeah, I still, uh, I still train there. Uh, I'm still a part of it. It's just, uh, um, it's in somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. That's good though. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of times in, you know, when you're ready to move on to something else and 
it's good to oh, not yeah. burn bridges, you know, yeah. you know, it's never good to burn bridges, but it's good. It's nice that you can keep going back because you're still very passionate about yeah, I love physical it. fitness and lifting and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, it's going to be a part of my life forever. Yeah. As long forever. as you can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Hopefully you can do it until you can't oh, man, I hope do so. it anymore you know, like, until I, you're dead. I've got a, a couple guys in there that have, uh, that have been with me pretty much since the, the start of it. So, you know, 10, 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, two old boys in there. Uh, Gary's, he's 64. Damn. 64. I want to say he, he still snatches. He does bar muscle ups. He hits some <laughs> ring, yeah. like climbs a rope, like still very much does it all. And, I, uh, Mark Burroughs is, a, an, I think one of my other oldest clients in there. He's well into his upper seventies. Damn. Uh, had two knee, knee surgeries, <laughs> came back, showed me the scars. He's like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, every day. That's awesome. They show up. That's so, cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good community. It's a, it's good that it's still, still there for yep. everybody. Absolutely. And so what made you want to get out of that and do whatever, I guess not get out of it. Yeah, but, no. Um, move um, away from doing it all the time. and Just, uh. Well, to be, be perfectly honest, I wanted to go uh, security contract, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really wanted to go do that. That was something I, I wanted to go do um, after our last rotation in, in Afghanistan. That was kind of my way of continuing, yeah. finding something. Like how I went active duty. Yep. Yep. Okay, I, wanted uh, I wanted you know make some money and do some civilian stuff. And... Uh, it just didn't happen. Bad timing. Jim started, you know, all these things. So, you know, fast forward, wheel comes back around and I may have an opportunity to go do this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been out of the, the game a little bit. Like, uh, so I, I signed up for, uh, you know, course to kind of, you know, get me some certificates, stuff like that and get the, get the wheel going. And mm-hmm. I put my name in the hat and, and was going to do some whips, three, uh, security stuff overseas. Um, What's that? Uh, worldwide protection. It's just some basically uh, um, uh, PSD. Okay. All right. So some just personal some, security yeah, detail some stuff. security detail mm-hmm. stuff or NBC uh, detail. You know, just the it was just a personal client somewhere. Somebody needed a yeah. You know. Yep. That stuff in the world. Um. So I I, I was ready to go. Like had some I was, wheels were going going that direction. I was going to do that for a couple of years, make some money. Um, and then hopefully get into more of the teaching. Mm. Uh, cause you know, like I, I know I'm getting older, like I have a time limit, you know, an expiration date for some of these things, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be rotating, you know, in and out of shitty parts of the world, you know, when I'm like 45, 40, you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to do that. No. So I wanted to, you know, throw my hat in, gain some experience, make some money, see what else is out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is still some mandates out there in the world, oh. you know, that uh, I wasn't too comfortable um, taking. Nope. So effectively, that that stopped that right in its yeah. tracks. They were like, well, uh, sorry to hear that, but it's required. Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck. Fuck. All right. So, you know, kind of, again, I get, I get super close to, you know, a goal and something I want to do mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, that I'd be happy doing for a little bit because I like doing that stuff. I'm good yeah. at it, you know? So is that, is that just a, is that just been a goal of yours for a long time or is it, do you still have like that itch? Yeah. Oh no. 
I have an itch. Mm -hmm. It's still very much there. I get that. Very much. And that's been the struggle. Like, how do I manage that here? What can I do? What can I find? And that's what I mean. Like what I was saying, because I I still have that itch. I know a lot of guys still have that itch too, to do certain things Mm -hmm. that they just, what do you, what do you do that? Mm -hmm. Where do you, where else can you do that besides military or contracting? I guess it, it again falls back to, I was the best person that I feel that I was mm-hmm. in those type of environments Yep, around those type of people, professional, like you have yeah. to be professional. You have to do your job. You have to know how to do your job. You have to be able to teach your job. And you're with a bunch of guys that they're not only are you trying to bring out the best in yourself, but you're trying to bring out the best in other people yeah. and they're doing the same. Yeah. So it makes a whole different yep. type of, I guess, community or, mm-hmm. um, it's just different. It's mm-hmm. a different world. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to explain, but that's just the way it is. And that's why that's what is missing in the civilian world a lot is yeah. that I feel like a lot of people in the civilian world just are missing hard things. Mm-hmm. Like when you're doing hard things all the time, it just brings out mm-hmm. yeah, the best. It does. And yeah, so you still had that itch and you're trying to do that. Yeah. So now I guess after that's all done, like so what are you doing now, I guess, to so, yeah, um, do that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I'm I, still trying I'm, to find I'm, it too, dude. <laughs> I'm figuring that out a bit. Um, you know, there's always training courses around that mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I look at and try to go to, um, to, to, to just validate that, you know, my training skills are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously still learn and just to push, mm-hmm. um, tactical game, you know, just anything I think. Have you thought about trying to just start up your own? training regimen around here i know it's tough to do you need to have the space and i have place to it, do that. yeah there's some things there's just some barriers to entry there is um a lot of it is just land yeah. and space to be able to do that um and granted everything here is somewhat flat so you're you're still gonna have to put in some excavating work like mm-hmm. there's just some barriers some mm-hmm. you know land is expensive it is so it, it's not that i haven't thought about it as I think about everything all the time, right? Um, it just it hasn't presented itself to this point. Yeah, that's I'm the same way. I have so many ideas and yeah. things run through my head. Most of them are unfeasible right now, mm-hmm. so they're just kind of in storage. But mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, it takes time, money, and drive to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. If you're missing any of any one of those things, then you're kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. So. So now, um, I don't know, but that's kind of what happened with that. And that was, you know, within pretty recent, mm-hmm. um, it's like, last time we talked, we were, you were yeah, like, was, I'm, was, gone, I'm gone, dude. Yep, I'm out of here. I'm like, fuck dude. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, but uh-huh. I hate to see you go. Hold out the door, bro. <laughs> yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Um, so I was very fortunate enough to, to meet the people in the company that I'm working with now, which is whole kinetic solutions is a rifle manufacturer out of Marion, Iowa. And, um, it just, we kind of met in a, I don't know, like a real nonchalant way. I was at my local gun store, just shooting shit, talking to, um, Ernie. I know the guy, he's, he's a good guy. And they were in there pitching their, their rifles. Oh, Holt was Holt was. Okay. And, um, the owner of the gun store, Ernie asked me to come over and take a look. And that's when I met, met those guys. And they had, you know, brought in a couple guns and 
and we're displaying them and stuff. So I picked them up and looked at them, and you could tell immediately, like, they're they're built well. Mm-hmm. They, they put some thought and some time into it, and that's just kind of how initially I just gave them my feedback on some stuff and told them, you know, wish you the best, good luck, you, you know. And, yeah. and it just kind of slowly started after that, uh, the relationship. So mm-hmm. um, after I got back from uh, some training in Colorado, end of October, November, um, I was getting ready to wheels up and get my name in the, in the door for some security contract. And so I, I needed something to do in between, mm-hmm. you know, make, right. some, make some money, spend my time. Yeah. Uh, they were gracious enough to, to offer some shop time, you know, building rifles, just, you know, whatever they needed in the shop, mm-hmm. just kind of start that way. And so I said, yeah. And, um, that's just kind of how it started. And then. After I realized or made a decision that I wasn't going to follow the mandate, um, it just kind of rolled into, hey, we'll, we'll do this a little bit more full-time. Oh, nice. So it was... So what it, are you doing there then? Just helping every, rifle builds? Everything. everything. Yeah. Um, so like I said, uh, Holt Kinetics is within probably like a, a little bit more than a year in operation. Oh, yeah. Uh, very so young still. Very, very, very young. Um so everybody wears kind of like a lot of hats. You have to when you're working you know, in a small, right young now, company yeah. like that. Um, so it's really whatever needs to be done um, within my scope of, of ability, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I put together all the rifles um, as of now, so I do all the custom builds that come through. Uh, so everything is hand-fitted. Uh, we do, um, obviously, machining, so... We have the capability to do, uh, we machine all of our lowers ourselves in-house. Hmm. We machine all of our uppers. Are you like CNC machine and all that stuff? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We got a, so like a oh, oh, excuse me, I'm yep. stuttering Stanley over here, fucking Joe Biden. But, um, did, is that, uh, did he come up with the program himself? Yep. It's so, all, it's uh, all proprietary. Yep. Joe Holt, okay. uh, wrote and designed program, uh, for their rifles. Mm-hmm. And so everything is his design through the CNC. Um, incredibly smart, man. That's awesome. Incredibly smart. Dude, I feel like there's not a whole lot of places doing that. Dude, it's like the, making their own this shit like that. dude mathed. Okay. He mathed out a rifle. Like that's, he just mathed it and just like created it. it. That's all it is. It's math. Yeah, it is. I, I went to school for and a I'm year like, at Tulane and, and that's where I kind of stopped. Yeah. So when it came to like writing programs yeah, for like, a CNC machine, I'm like, <laughs> I just want to turn a lathe, brother. Yeah, you know? like, I'll just push a button, homie. Yeah. <laughs> Those dudes are smart. It's it, it's very it's really neat, yeah. and he's such a humble guy. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, being a part of that is neat. I mean, it's very small, very very small, very yep. new company. Yeah, yep. but being a part of it, it's kind of. I mean, they kind of took a gamble on you, and like, oh, like yeah, yeah, come come on in, man. No problem. Like, you seem like a decent dude, mm-hmm. and you're also in turn kind of gambling on them. Mm-hmm. That's gonna we're Turn into something, out. yeah. We're yeah. gonna work out, and everyone's gonna be happy making a few bucks and um, selling some high quality fucking guns to some people. You know, yeah. We've got some really neat stuff. Um, like we said, we started out kind of uh, really custom ARs. Um, you paint job wise, you know, we, we use, we've got carbon fiber proof research barrels. We put in some of our builds, just some really wild kind of mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, all the way down to, like I told you, we're, we're rolling out a utility line where it's, you know, single color options, uh, just a, you know, basic work gun. Yep. 
where guys can just take this thing out to a class or to a seminar, uh, go out, shoot, defend their home, whatever they want. It's just, you know, it's a work gun. Yep. A high quality, reliable work gun. Yep. Yep. Looks super nice, fun to shoot, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So So you're just, you're designing that now? Is what you guys are doing? Yeah, we're yeah. we're going through some, uh, we're choosing some barrels. We're trying to figure out which barrel manufacturer or which barrels that we want to use. And number one, that you know, since we are new, we don't have a lot of that distribution power, right. a lot of that grab. Where you know, we're, we're not putting out three hundred rifles in a month. Yeah. So you know, ordering we're not we're not doing a whole bunch of bulk. So it's trying to work within the reasons of that. So are you guys with this? Um more utilitarian line are you guys trying to keep it at like a certain price point too yeah I, and... I, within the market for you know what with those lines that ars are going so you know somewhere in like you know 22k to 2200 oh, okay so you're talking still like high quality yep still keeping that high quality that, that yeah. really high quality you're not trying to make a big line production type rifle you're trying no. to keep it as high a quality as you can within a like is that is that price point kind of something that you guys are trying to gear towards, or is it more or less like, hey, let's just build the best thing we can build that we can put out a little bit more uh, to more places that might be more feasible to some people, or is it kind of like is the price set? Like some people no. when they build shit, they're like, hey, we want to keep it within this no. price range. We we obviously want to. Well, it's, you know, we want to be able to put out the best quality product that we can. Right. Okay. We also, you know, just like any other business, we also understand that we have to make money to keep the lights on, to yeah. be able to keep producing these things. So For we sure. do have to make a profit. Uh, I mean, that's anybody. Well, it's a, I mean, you, you, wouldn't be in, you wouldn't be in business. It's not yeah. charity. Um, but still, at the same time, being able to offer an affordable, high-quality rifle to people. Mm-hmm. Like Daniels, you know, they're... 2000 plus yep um mm-hmm. you know radian model you know mod one is 2k like in noveskis um sons of liberty gunworks i think is a little bit you know but these are all what but, we consider high quality manufacturers in the united states so we are in line with those that's the that's the market yeah like that uh, yeah, that market of guns. You're yeah. not trying to compete with Smith and Wesson. MPs no, and no, fucking, we're not trying, not trying to make a seven, five, seven, five, at, six, seven hundred dollar gun. At right now, no, right, in just mass producing. Maybe someday, sure, we if don't it gets know. big enough. Yep. But it's one of those things where I feel like that's the smartest move on a, such a small company when you're first starting out. Is you need to let your quality speak for itself yep. to an extent, and then once you get going, then it's like okay, now we can maybe get into a budget option. Or, or more budget option, but you have to have a quality product. Yeah, they got. They've got to be able to pick this thing up and go. All right, hell yeah, I see why. This is why. That's this is why thing. I'm paying for this. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, because you could pick up a rifle and tell the difference between something. Yeah, like you could pick up a. You know, I'm, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, or I'm not saying anything company wise, but you can pick up some big name black rifles off of a gun store shelf. And you're like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing special. Um, oh yeah. But you go to pick one up that you're going to pay maybe a little bit more, but you're going to see where that money went just in the fit and the feel, the finish. Um, you're going to be able to see the time that's put into building that rifle. Yeah. And if you're going to ask for a price, like, you know, a couple grand when you know, the market for AR especially is, 
price wise, it's huge. Like there's mm-hmm. huge gaps. Like mm-hmm. um, there's a huge I guess, range of mm-hmm. price. There is. You can buy can a buy fucking AR. Shit, man. Yeah, you can buy a fucking yeah. I don't know a really cheap AR, and they have. I understand why they do it. It's good because mm-hmm. there needs, in my opinion, there needs to be those budget rifles just to get people into it. And yeah, you can buy a really fucking cheap one for you know three, four, or five hundred bucks, and then you go and you grab yeah, and then you start shooting that and like it shoots, work. It, yeah, it'll shoot sometimes, and then you go and you grab a fucking you know two thousand twenty five hundred dollar fucking AR, and yeah, there's a huge difference. Like, you huge just tell difference. you hold them up together, and you're like this isn't even in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Does it? Yeah, like is I went. I was talking about. I was shooting that high point. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've got a funny video coming. I, my wife recorded me doing a review on this fucking high point model C nine, man. And I also took my Glock out there and I'm like, do you just, it, it's night and day. It, literally. It's night and fucking day. Just it's it insane. Yeah, just just pick it up it. and feel it. You're like, You're like, yeah, fuck, no. 150 bucks and you know, five, 600 bucks. Yeah. Like it, and then you look at them and you shoot them and you just even just grabbing them and holding them in your hands you're like I see where the extra mm-hmm. four hundred bucks went mm-hmm. and it makes sense mm-hmm. so throw the hammer away see ya. yeah <laughs> but it's the same with any type of gun whether yeah. it's bolt action handgun or a like, we've AR. been to some gun shows and stuff and we see uh, booths and big big people like trying to just push these AR parts. And it looks like it's been straight stamped out of, like, China. Yeah. Like, just crap. And, you know, they're selling a complete upper for, you know, like, two ninety nine. Yeah. And you're like, you know, there's no way that thing is worth it. Mm-hmm. But you can't compete with that price. No. And you see fucking people, and you're like, really? Because I'm sure you guys could probably build. Anybody could. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm you sure you some cheap shit. I'm sure you could build a fucking upper and sell it for, you know, six five six hundred bucks and be like yeah. yeah this is the cheapest we can go Here you it's go. still gonna be better than that but oh man you really can't it's so hard to compete with overseas you can't okay you can't in america we can't complete compete with slave labor that's just the way it is yeah in in a lot of other countries guess what there's still base there's it, still it, it, slaves it it's essentially yeah essentially slavery so yeah it's hard to compete with that mm-hmm. you know so it is you know it you gotta let your qualities speak for you. Yeah, I was getting it. I guess we ain't fucking worried about it. We're gonna be all right. Oh yeah, like everybody there. That that's what's also kind of neat about it, and uh, I'm excited about it. Everybody there is extremely smart, extremely capable, and we can solve problems. And that's really all this is: is we're just learning what problems that need to be solved. What's good? Let's continue with that. And that's all it is. And mm-hmm. we're just trying to solve the problem and put out the best best product that we can. Yeah, so that's that's a, the easiest way that I try to frame it and look at it because otherwise, yeah, I'll get my head will get right. How do we do this? Like, <laughs> how are we going to make this work and this work? You know, like we're trying to sell guns in like the worst time. Yeah, you know, people all, don't have all a these lot bands of are coming. You know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're trying to literally sell one of the hardest things like in the worst times right now. Yep, and it's like fuck it, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because you were saying earlier uh, you had a big market of guys wanting, you know, uh, AR pistols. Oh, yeah. As soon as, soon as the, the ATF, I mean, they were they were selling 300 blackout pistol builds like you wouldn't believe, man. Like, and then the ATF's like, fuck you guys. Yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> That's, I, we were talking about this downstairs a little bit, but just it's, 
you're seeing that a lot, especially in the smaller gun companies. Because let's face it, there's when you're starting up a gun company, that's one of the hardest things to do in America. I would because imagine it's got to be because of all the regulation, mm-hmm. all oh, the you constant fear all the of being ATF banned. Oh fuck, dude! Literature that we have to have it. Like, how does anybody read and interpret this? That because they're not they spe- don't even they're not read and interpret them in in you know regular language. No, it's meant to be confusing. It's, it's uh, I can't remember what dictionary or, or line of verbiage they use. There's there's like a law verbiage. Oh right, and right. then there's like just regular English, I, I mm-hmm. believe. And layman's terms, yeah, they don't like, use that. Dude, they're like, oh, fucking like, hear you, we're hear all you, trying <laughs> to follow the rules here. Yeah, like that's what I don't think people understand is like we're not here to break the rules, dude. We're all trying to follow them, but you are making it in fucking possible. They make it seem like gun owner or gun shop owners and gun manufacturers are like, hey, like it almost seems like we're there's just uh, nefarious, shady people. Yeah, nefarious, shady pawn just, shop yeah, people that are selling to, shit out the back. Like, yeah, you're trying to you're secretly marketing to to felons or yeah. people that you think are going to become felons. Like, no, no one's doing that. No one. No one. No one that I know. No. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like, and the verbiage is absolutely insane. You have to, you do have to have at least a couple of years of law school behind you before you can really like, interpret what it. What are you even talking But the fuckers about? at the ATF came and interpret it. You no. you see them fuckers up on the stand or on TV talking about their own their own uh I guess uh law. I don't want to say laws cuz they don't make the laws but their own description mm-hmm. of the law, I guess. Mm-hmm. And their clarifications on things and like they talk through and they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. And it's insane. It's a wild thing. So I, in America, making I think just one of the hardest markets to jump into is the gun manufacturing market. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a lot of companies out there that have a lot of history behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking Remington kind of sucks now, but they've had a lot of hardships, unfortunately. Oh yeah. But yeah, then yeah. you have you know Smith and Wesson. Fucking. There's a lot to break through. There's a lot of gun companies that have been around for years. Winchester, you know, since like the 1800s, 1900s. Oh yeah. Shit like that. They have a lot. Of, they they know what they're doing. They have the money and, and that's, do all these that's things. The thing they have the money. And you're trying to get into that market to bring something new to the table, because a lot of these bigger companies, they know what works, and they're just kind of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're fresh and new, you're like, Hey, I'm excited about this. This is cool. But you have to be, you can't compete with the pricing. No, you just can't. No. If you're doing it all yourself, you can't, you can't compete with that. Pricing. It's hard. So you need to have higher quality shit be like, Hey, hundred percent American made, made by real American hands. And mm-hmm. you know, with care and love, Oh, we and do all like, this stuff, you know, every, every rifle that comes out of there is like legitimately hand fit. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the best way to do it. That's the only way to do it, I think, in this market and trying to jump into that. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough, but you gotta keep doing it. Yeah, and, and also on top of it all, you guys aren't making bolt action rifles. You guys are making ARs which are constantly under attack. Like, yeah. That's the like number one thing them. that everyone wants or when I say What's everyone the all the politicians want banned is the air is an AR. I'm like, Well, what does that well, matter? Fuck. Yeah, no it's like I thought I thought like murder was banned. It, I thought so. Like so, why? Are, against the why law. are we so? <laughs> yeah. Do we need to double outlaw murder? Mm. Instead of like, well, it's kind of like uh, when just don't kill people, right? It's kind of. Like, I, I don't. It, they're treating American citizens like, and when I say they, I mean politicians, because I think it is important to when you're talking about this stuff instead of just using generalizing terms. 
the yeah, people sure, in charge, the politicians, you know, especially the Biden administration and everything, they're treating the American people as if they are children and they're the parents. You know, what do you do if you have a kid and you're like, hey, kid, uh, don't do this, this, and this. And then they keep doing mm-hmm. what you told them not to do. What do you do? You, t- you start taking away their toys. Mm-hmm. So when you make, r- when, you know, when the government makes rules and says, don't do this, this, and this, and, pe- and the citizens keep doing X, Y, and Z, then they're going to start taking away your toys because they think they, I don't even, I really don't think that. I don't know if they think. No, I, it certainly won't help in the way that they think or they say that's going to help. It's a hundred percent just a power grab. It's what it is. No, plain it, and simple. It, but that is, that is a frustrating part of this. I think mm-hmm. is the majority of us. Understand that even if you took away every single AR platform in America, it is still not going to solve or fix the problem that you're trying to fix. Mm -hmm. And they just don't want to look or hear about any other outside force or opinion that could be looked at. It's just just this singular issue. It's Mm -hmm. just this singular thing. And that yeah. that leads to a lot of distrust because you're like, well, no, it's if you just take a look at it from a common sense, like open, free thinking approach, like you could see how that's not going to solve the problem. It's a multifaceted problem. A you can't of, you you can't solve a multifaceted problem with a single solution. No, because it's we've never had a problem before. I mean, no, we've always no. we've always had. We've problems. Always had, yes. We've always had murder is never going to go away, no matter no. what happens. They're just going to find different tools to commit murder. But you're, yes, you're right. The mass shooting stuff—that's relatively recent. Relatively, yeah. People, I mean, we've known, especially in the Midwest, like rifles and shotguns and things have been in the back of trucks and and just around forever. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing murder. Not like not like this, and no. you know, the anti gunners that they'll say, well, yeah, the technology's changed and made it easier. It, it's still, but that's not true. Not particularly. That's not, no. that's not true. I mean, yes, the technology has changed, but so has the technology when it comes to uh, press and um, you know your First Amendment rights. And some of them are trying well, to take that technology away. Technology has changed in, in the opiates that you guys are producing. And in, in well, I mean, like how much time do you got? <laughs> yeah. you a, know what I mean. Like, oh yeah, th- th- that's killing more. Americans on a daily basis than any AR platform. Uh, yeah. I and think, not, somehow it's just magically overlooked. I think fentanyl is a fairly new drug when it comes to like the black market of drugs. Mm-hmm. It's fairly new to the market and it's, I'm sure it's killed. I haven't done the research on it, but I'm sure it's killed Thousands. more, more than guns have. Oh, well, I mean, just look at Russia, like yeah. r- heroin and fentanyl mm-hmm. have destroyed Russia. Yeah destroyed it and that was going on for a while like russia had a huge heroin oh yeah pandemic. it was terrible huge mm-hmm. but that's the i mean if you want to get uh talking about stuff like that it's like you get it's pretty obvious when you really start boiling it down like certain groups of people and certain politicians have really destroyed the nuclear family they've really destroyed uh i guess you know whole toxic quote-unquote toxic masculinity yeah. they've really put their time and effort into destroying and weaponizing certain things. And it's been 
changing the attitudes of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And to say that that does not have a significant effect on how society acts, then you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's Guns just... have always been around, but also everyone kind of... There was objective truths not that long ago that people just understood. And when you're trying to change certain things and make society more accepting of certain things, it confuses people, especially young people. I mean, mass shootings have been committed by someone older than the age of 45. One, I think. Yeah. There's one guy not too many. in, where the fuck was it? New York or some shit. He killed a bunch of people. He's like 65, 66 years old. But the major- vast majority youth are youth mm-hmm. or in their con- young, confused people people especially 99.89 percent of mass shootings are done by very confused white men mm. because what the fuck are they doing you know and it's like oh, they're 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 a problem You're like no they ha- a lot of people have a problem yeah it's, they're confused they don't know what the fuck is going on and when you're there, constantly there told there is a problem there is a problem but he not necessarily he's he's got a problem yes that's what, I'm, that's yeah, what I was yeah, trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Like white men in general aren't the problem. No. But a lot of white men have a problem. Yes. Because it's just look at the way society is treat, is changing. It's very confusing. And when you're young and you have all this stuff happening where it doesn't really make sense, but then you try making yourself make sense of it. And it's hard. It's a very difficult thing to do. And then, you know. Certain things start happening, you get filled with testosterone. Like, this is bad, this is bad, I'm a bad person, I'm just mm-hmm. going to go kill everybody. I don't know. I'm not a I don't know. psychologist yeah, and I, shit, I don't but know. It, it's got... And to say that that has no effect is ridiculous, I think. Yeah. It's definitely got an effect. Yeah. But, no, it's a multifaceted... The gun... The violence problem in America is not necessarily, in my opinion, a gun problem. No. Because guns have you can, always been a part you of can, America. You could literally get on TikTok. You can get on Snapchat. You can get on Instagram and find violence on reels, people recording. And it's not always necessarily gun violence, but it's still violence in mass. Mm-hmm. In mass. Yeah. People, people watching other people get beat. Look look beat at any Yeah, look at any death. New York subway videotape. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like yep. it it's not simply gun. The gun is a means, but it's just overall violence. Yeah, is, is on, it's escalating. Mm-hmm. And then, in a lot of I don't know if, uh, uh, stats people, stat- statisticians, mm-hmm. they're compiling a lot of data and where they're con- really making it seem like you know, like oh man, something really drastic has happened with the the gun violence in the past you know two or three years it's been exponential and we don't know why There's, oh guns they're the problem like do you not realize what the fuck we just did yeah like there's the past more few years, criminals like, there's why are there more criminals because you shut down the fucking economy yeah. you told everyone to stay at home you paid them to stay at home and then you cut the checks off you put every you put the whole fucking country on welfare and then said oh yeah it's over now good luck Go out there and fix your broken homes and your burnt up cities and shit. They fucking protested and burnt cities down for a, over a year. Well, and yeah. to say like, oh yeah, no, hey, you know, they don't we're, all, we're all good there. now. They're, they hate the cops now. They're taking funding. Like, yeah, they're introducing bills where they're marginalizing or reducing sentences 
for violent crimes. Yeah. Like I, yep. I, I can't remember what some of the bills were in Illinois. Oh yeah. Um, Illinois is one of the worst. Where a lot of these violent, like if, if you, it was a manslaughter or something with a vehicle cause you were intoxicated. Like it's nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. Yeah. No, it's not. Like I know in Washington state, like if, uh, out on the highway or something like if a cop tries to pull you over, like all you do is just act erratic and speed away. And they have like a no chase policy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, because the chases lead to death. Yeah. So we can't do that. We can't do that. We just gotta let them go. So them express themselves. It's just, you know, <laughs> There's no consequences for any actions no. anymore. And that's, I think, essentially what it boils down to. And, the, and I totally agree with lessening the sentences or crimes for victimless crimes. You know, like, okay, hey, this guy got caught with a fucking a joint in his car. Sure. Let's put him in fucking jail. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But it does make sense to... Oh, hey, this other guy, he uh, raped five or six Yeah, the, the, the kids, violent, not, know? or the violent repeat offenders that are continually to be dealt with. Being in, released. Yeah. They, with, with no real punishment, or the punishment does not suffice. Like, it's not it's equal not to the crime. Well, it's, it, you, you put someone away, and they come, they get out. And they're like, all right, hey, you did your time, time to get out. Like, I'm talking like really nasty shit. Yeah, child no, fucking predators, yeah, like bad stuff. That's the worst shit. Like, I think, in my opinion, I think being a child molester is worse than murder. I would agree because that is stealing something from that kid. Never gonna get that. Back. They're never Ever. gonna get back. That's Ever. you've completely altered the way that kid's that fun. person is. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's worse, and they should be dealt with worse than. Someone that goes out it's and just is a gang. Even prey. If it's, yeah, exactly. It's just you're simply preying on something and somebody mm-hmm. weaker than you. At least if you're, you know, if you get put in prison for murder and you're in a gang and you go and murder a rival gang member. It's like that's kind of an agreed upon thing. You know, I think that person is less of a... I don't think that person is as terrible than the mm. child molester that's going to get out and... Six, seven years on a moral scale, yeah. On a moral like scale, that's like that guy that killed a rival gang member. He's, are, he's in he's in prison for oh, life. That's the child molester, so yeah. The child molester is getting out in six, seven years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is good behavior, maybe even less than that. They're gonna get out and pff, fucking do, do the same thing because they're fucked up. It's not gonna change. Going to fucking prison for a little t- little bit is not gonna change that person's attitude towards no. his prey. No, because he's wired that mm-hmm. way. If you have a bad dog, if you have if you go out and you get a bad dog and it's constantly killing your chickens and doing bad shit, what do you do with it? You fucking while well, he's out in the country, you fucking deal with it. Mm-hmm. If it's just a bad egg, you take it out. Mm-hmm. You take it out to the wood line and say, "See you there, buddy. You, you're not a good. You're not yeah, a good you're, fit. You're not helping here. You're not helping here. Or you take it to the humane society and Let somebody deal else, with it. Yeah. But if you have bad eggs as humans, then making the punishment less is not going to solve anything. They're just going to wait by no. their time until they get out so they can keep doing the same shit. Because all doing. they taught them is that they can do it. Yep. I just got to chill in here. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll try not to get caught next yeah, time. No big deal. Maybe I'll fucking kill that kid next time instead yeah. after I fucking rape him. That's insane. Yeah. It's insane to think about. So I don't like thinking about that stuff as much, but you got to be aware of it. It's you know, because it's out there. It's there. 
Mm-hmm. It's out there, especially with the social media. It's there. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Yeah. I don't like, I don't as want much it. people don't want to pull their head up from the sand. Yeah. It's there. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. And that's another reason why we need guns, I think. Because you need to be able to protect yourself and the, your loved ones. But um, I don't want to end on that note. So yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> have fun, everybody. Talk. <laughs> think about uh, molestation and rape. That's not <laughs> a great way to end it. Um, you want to talk about like, where can people find like Holt Solutions, oh, Holt yeah. Connect Solutions? So and- yeah, we're on uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, let me pull this up here real quick. Yeah. If you want to go over any other product lines, like what you guys do and stuff, then have at it. Yeah, so it's just uh, uh, Holt Kinetic Solutions uh, on Instagram. I think that's probably on on uh, Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. I started following you guys on Instagram. Yeah, I, I heard that you're working with them, and I went on there. I'm like, there's Nick right there. Yeah, I can we, see him. We got some a bunch of pictures of him, and I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I liked it all um he's cute i'll I'll like him (laughs) uh hope blade works is on there also if you guys are kind of interested in some some really neat knives we didn't even talk about that should we touch on that oh yeah the background of how he started on that real quick over all that stuff so um joe holt and angie holt um like I said, I don't know a whole lot, so I don't want to like over speak or overstep a little bit. So, um, just kind of touch on what I know and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, by trade, uh, engineers and computer programmers. Um, Joe just had a really strong fascination and desire, you know, and like about interest in knives. So, um, I think seven or eight years ago, they decided to, uh, just kind of start making that, you know, Tinking around as a hobby, mm-hmm. um, making uh, folders, and I think with just in the last couple of years, they've they've done well enough to where it's now uh, they can do it full time. Oh um, yeah! So they make knives full time, and and Joe's you know just had a passion for you know firearms and, and you know, design and stuff. So he just kind of started messing around with making some uh, you know just rifle parts because they have a CNC and things like that. So real quick with the knives, are they hand forged? Are they forging them or are they cutting them? I don't know how so they make knives. All I'm, I know is yeah, what I no. watch from Forge and Fire. Uh, <laughs> not like that. Okay. Um, I'm not too much on the knife side, so right. I, I'm not super. Uh, when it comes to the technicalities, right? yeah, yeah, we won't we won't get into the. I know that they use a lot of high end material. Okay. Um. So the grind polish. Uh, I think the 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 blades are, I don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. What kind of metal is uh, and all that stuff? No, I don't know. Like that. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's that. nerd the, shit. Dude. The shit's fucking <laughs> wild. Um, but all the CNC, everything like the, the locking mechanism on their, their folders is patented by Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a one of a kind. Nobody else is doing that. Just, uh, the, the anno design, just the amount of craftsmanship time and detail that goes into, to making these knives is phenomenal. Have you ever had a folding knife? Um, collapse any before Mm-mm. it sucks Mm-mm. i've had it happen once i'm like i'll never buy a cheap folder no, ever again it, you can get hurt Cut yeah your off. i swore off fucking folders all together for a little while because it did it didn't i got lucky and it didn't fucking get too crazy yeah. I mean, but it folded just enough where i'm like oh shit oh, like holy fuck and i started no. thinking about it. I'm like that could have been bad so i yeah. chucked that fucker in the garbage and See i ya. swore off folders for a while just because i'm like 
dude, if that locker fails and I slice myself open, that's mm-hmm. no good. Mm-hmm. But so the the locking stuff is pretty important. It is. It's especially it's, with folders. It's really really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool that he came up with his own. Yeah, the the he's, he's got bearings in it, so the open and close like it's it's like nothing you've ever felt. That's like, cool. Uh, the material that they use is, is just very high quality. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty wild. Well, just like with uh, rifles, you know, you gotta let your quality. You gotta in order to jump into that market because there's a lot of mm-hmm. fucking different knives out there and knife mm-hmm. knife builders and stuff too. So in order to get your name out there, you have to have a really high quality product. Yeah. You're either going to make a really high quality product or you got to make the cheapest product. One of the two. There's no, the middle ground is taken up. Yep. So in order to get it in there, you got to start either market yourself as like, Hey, is the cheapest shit you can find. It's it's a knife. It's neat what they can do. It really is. So that's cool. Um, started doing that full time and then just, it slowly kind of bled into the, the rifles. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So, kind of split a lot of time between, you know, the rifle build and then, um, the knives and stuff. So we're hoping, uh, the knife or the, excuse me, the, the rifles start to take off kind of like the knives do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we just kind of keep going from there. That's awesome. And just see where it takes us. Like mm-hmm. we obviously each, you know, everybody has their, their goals and their desires or what would, what we'd like to see, but, um, end up with this thing in, in the end. But, uh, everybody's just focused on just doing the best we can Yep, and just figuring out what that will be. Cause it's going to be, you're going to have to be fluid, I think, and, and pretty flexible for sure. Um, for a little bit to figure out what's going on. Yeah, you do. I mean, when you're starting, I've never started a business either, but it's a slow burn. You mm-hmm. know, if it's just, if you, you can't just take off and right away because that could also be very detrimental, you know, you, you need that, especially in a, when it comes to manufacturing side of things. Yeah. It's if, why I don't know. Nothing what about if, it. what if someone, <laughs> what if all of a sudden you get fucking like 10,000 rifle orders in tomorrow? Yeah. We have, the fuck are you going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. Like, we'll sort it out, but we have no <laughs> right? shit or pants. We'll figure it out. But like number fucking 10,000, like, Hey brother, I'll get to you when I get to you. Yeah. You like, know, we're going to slap hands and be like, fuck yeah. And then be like, Oh shit. We got some work. To do. Yeah. We got some work to do. Yep. So, I mean, that'd be cool, but at the same time, when you're talking manufacturing, it's it's good to have that slow burn and yeah. really kind of start and that's working your way I into think, the market I think we're like still, we have room still to to develop and find really good relationships mm-hmm. with companies or manufacturers yet. Like, we don't even know. Like, this might not be the final revision of our product. We might, in, in two years, meet somebody that has a product that's fucking amazing mm-hmm. that we want to do do work with exactly you know so it, it's never a finished thing mm-hmm. um we're just where we're at right now um with the goal of just getting better and mm-hmm. just meeting meeting the right people at the right time and just problem solving fuck yeah dude so that's it, awesome it's cool well uh good luck I appreciate that's it. awesome i am very honestly a little bit jealous because that is it's to it's, what a lot of people think i me, one of them, I think that's basically the dream job. Yeah. Like, that's an awesome place have, to be. Like that's I said, awesome. I, I am, I am extremely thankful and I'm extremely grateful that, that I landed in that position. It's kind of, yeah, it's one of those, you it's, know, uh, everything kind of has it for a reason. Like if you're fighting fires, then you wouldn't have no. decided to try going 
to be a contractor. And if you were willing to do other things, then you would be contracting. Mm-hmm. So you didn't do that, and now you're landed here. And I think it's going to be good things, man. I think so, too. I'm very happy for you. Well, and thank you. Awesome, I appreciate man. that. Um, do you do anything on, like, personally? Like, uh, on social media and shit, if someone wanted to find you or, oh, or whatnot? Uh, I mean... If they want to talk to you personally for yeah, some you, reason. You could, you could talk to me. Per- I mean, I, I'm not anything on, on, on social media or anything. Yeah. I don't really post I know. I, um, I follow you and stuff, but I think you yeah. have like one picture on there. So, I, Yeah, you can. It's uh, uh, Nicholas underscore Todd underscore Rosine, R-O-S-S-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can just follow me on there. Fuck yeah, dude. You know, sometimes cool. Sometimes cool. Yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of cool shit. That's well, for sure. I, I, uh. I try to stay uh, engaged and, and and happy and doing the things that I, I like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, just keep doing the things that you like to do. Well, you're a very interesting guy. And this you're one guy that I am very, very happy that I met at such a young age in my life. Because I've always, the way you led us in the hardest time of a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. I'm like, you have always... Uh, you've always been the standard to yeah. what I've seen at, from leaders, whether it's in the military or in the civilian world. Mm-hmm. It's like you've always been a mentor and you've always been there. And I just really appreciate the friendship and the, Oh, well, thank the, you very much. Man. Yeah. So. No, uh, I, I appreciate yours as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, um, I really just tried to do the best job that I could, mm-hmm. um, because it is an important job to do. Yep. It is. And uh, I was the th- most important. Yeah. And honestly, it, and I'll, I'll say also, like, I, I've been extremely lucky in the men that I've had underneath of me, um, trusting me and be willing mm-hmm. to, to follow. Cause well, there, there's that too. Like there is you, your boys got to be willing and, yeah. to, to follow you. <laughs> yep. Um, and in the same regard, you know, I, I've been lucky to, I, I've not really had a lot of bad leadership. Um, I've had, you know. Everybody has a little bit, um, yep. but I, I've also, I've had more good leaders and people that I've admired that, you know, I think you need to have those that way you can emulate that, Yep. you know, um, cause everybody needs a baseline of something to you mm-hmm. know gravitate towards. Yeah. You, I mean, I've had, I've had experience with a lot, you know, you Boer and a lot in mm-hmm. Joe and all the leaders that we had in the reconnaissance platoon of the fucking Iowa national guard mm-hmm. has honestly been the best. And I've seen a lot of other leaders in active duty where I'm just like, you guys have no room to talk. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we, we always heard that from active duty guys. Like, Oh, nasty girls, fucking no. whatever the fuck. It's like, dude, I, I would put, I seen some of the worst yeah. people on active in duty. active duty. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But you yeah, know, you, but I also some met some my, great people, my but. NCOs and, you know, throughout the years that I served with and, and some E4, like, you give me some... No way, man. We'll, yeah. we'll run you over. Yep. <laughs> There's no chance. No. Well, I'd follow you to hell. You know, it's... I just appreciate everything, man. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, absolutely. And anytime. Anytime you want to come back on and shoot the shit and talk about more stuff, then let me know. We can Literally. do it. Uh, I'll bring a couple back full of guns next time. Yeah, fuck uh, yeah, dude. We'll go, we'll go yeah. uh, shoot some Holt guns. Yeah, exactly. When I had Boer on, we swapped war stories pretty much the whole time. Yeah. So, um, you know, if that's something that you want to do or anyone wants to listen to again, then oh, yeah. you can always I mean, do that shit. Uh, get Boer on again, too. We can do Yeah, I that think that fun. would be 
be fun to get uh, get Boo up here and yeah. uh, see what we can get yeah. into. I really want to do one with a bunch of a bunch of us. Someday. I'm down. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Yeah, we'll do it. Just uh, we'll just we'll keep talk pushing. offline about it. Yeah, yeah we'll just keep pushing mm-hmm. and we'll do it. Okay. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next time. <laughs>